It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Monday. Scott in here with you as we begin the discussions on what's coming up for you in the next couple hours. Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan in here along with Susan Littlefield. And uh, we begin our new normal again uh, this week. How are you today? I am great. You know, the NAFB, which is an organization all its farm broadcasters are a part of, put something up on Facebook that today that says, stay home and turn on your radio. Absolutely. We completely concur with that here. I like that a lot. I hope Me people too. do. I hope people do. You know, and Jason and I were talking a little bit about that off mic, about how maybe we're doing things we wouldn't normally do, and maybe getting back to radio is one of those. We should be doing it at all times well, anyways. I, I but. agree, but you know, so. Anyway, what do you got for us today? Well, we're going to kick everything off today. Um, because your kids are at home, are they driving you nuts yet? Well, Shaley Peters brings us up to date on things that you can do through the help of your local 4-H and 4-H across, across the nation. And so uh, check that out coming up as we kick it all off at 1219. Then at 1245, in the Newsmakers segment, we're going to hear from K-State's Department of Ag Economics as they talk about their economic of agriculture during the COVID-19. And then, are you smart? Have you got an innovating idea that you want to do with soybeans that might bring some more money to the pocketbook the united soybean board is having a soy innovation challenge so we'll find out more about how you could win some serious cash and make your ideas come true all right it's always good to find new ideas thank you very much susan thank you we turn it over to jason jorgensen and uh world of sports what's going on today uh we're going to hear from lexington's dylan richmond Mm -hmm. dylan over the weekend announced he will be a hastings college bronco and be part of their men's basketball program good to see that for him uh, he had himself quite a career as a minute man finished as the all-time leader at the school in assists also scored more than a thousand points ends up fourth on the all-time list at lexington that's impressive uh, there's been some athletes and some basketball players yeah. roll through there over the years and oh by the way pretty darn good football player yes too. <laughs> he was yes he could do a lot of things uh, we'll hear from dylan if you'd like to listen to the complete interview you can find that on our podcast page krvn.com but he's a good kid i'm mm-hmm. really happy for him and uh hopefully you know things will work out for him at the naia level playing college basketball also we'll talk about some nfl signings uh, that regard uh, folks from nebraska uh, Sam Cook, former walk-on from Seward, he has signed back on to punt again for the Ravens for two more years. He's had a pretty good run, yes, yeah. <laughs> especially for a guy starting out as a walk-on at Nebraska. Also, Amir uh, Abdullah, uh, he is going to stick around with the Minnesota Vikings for at least one more year. And Greg Zerline, native of Lincoln, I'll say I watched him kick a 35-yard field goal for Lincoln Pius against Lexington many moons ago. Oh, he will yeah. be the Dallas Cowboys' new kicker. Three-year deal, seven and a half million dollars. All right, the local boys doing well. Very good. And turn it over to Bob Brogan and uh, Bob. Stocks are doing okay. Stocks are a little bit higher in trading, but markets were tentative amid uncertainty about what global authorities can do to nurse the economy through the coronavirus outbreak. Some of today's sharpest action is in the oil market, where benchmark U.S. crude fell more than 5% and dropped below $20 per barrel for the first time since early 2002. Americans signed more contracts in February to buy homes, but the gains are likely a sign of the times of the past before the coronavirus outbreak sent the U.S. economy spiraling. That's what's making business headlines. 
All right, that's all coming up on Minta. Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news, and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by Cozad Community Health. Time for us to check in on our weather, see how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here now. Looks like a little bit of precipitation in some areas of Nebraska and northern Kansas right now. Exactly, yeah. West central Nebraska into northwest Kansas seeing some rain develop right now. Most of this activity from the Nebraska Sandhills, Hyannis, and Mullen down through Arthur, then Ogallala to just north of North Platte. Then to the south of the interstate, that light rain from about Imperial to McCook down to Hoxie, Kansas. And all of it gradually lifted in the northeast and also with that increase in cloud cover. Because we are seeing sunshine in mm-hmm. eastern Nebraska, a bunch of the west and central locked in with some clouds right now. Yeah, strangely enough, uh, the warm spot right now, at least one of the warm <laughs> spots, is northeast Nebraska, which hasn't had very many warm days, it doesn't seem like. Exactly, so, yeah, they're into them. the mid-50s, a little more sunshine there, and it's as warm as 72, so they're living Whoa. right now, they're living right currently in the Omaha area, but most of us with temperatures in the 40s and western locations, a lot of us with the 50s in the central part of Nebraska, and then some low and mid-60s on into eastern Nebraska and central and east Kansas. So chances for rain with some thunderstorms will increase for today from west to east with an area of low pressure. Moving across Oklahoma and Texas, most of the rain totals with this system, not going to be a whole lot from about a quarter to a half an inch. Impact from this system, not as great as this last weekend since the main Rain low will be farther to the south, so not as direct of a hit. Rain chances will continue on the likely side in the central and east for tonight, with decreasing chances as you go farther to the west. Sunshine returns for tomorrow and Wednesday. Some mild temperatures on the way with a warm front tracking to the east and also some mainly dry conditions because by Wednesday night, it turns active once again. Wednesday night into Sunday, an active period here with rain chances returning for Wednesday evening into Thursday with the passage of a cold front. Temperatures will be cooler for Thursday night and that rain will change over to snow. Friday temperatures warm up a little and the precipitation comes to an end. Friday night through Saturday, mainly dry. Rain and snow is possible by late Saturday night into Sunday, but that is subject to change since the forecast models are not in too good of agreement as far as the timing and the exact track of this next system by the end of the week. The latest long-term forecast now indicates cooler than normal temperatures will stick around in Nebraska and Kansas this weekend through April 12th. Near normal to slightly above normal precipitation is expected for Nebraska and Kansas this weekend through the 12th. Soil temperatures at 7 this morning and 4 inches down, as low as the upper 30s in much of Nebraska, extreme southwest and extreme southeast Nebraska, into the northern two-thirds of Kansas, soil temperatures in the low 40s, southern third of Kansas with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Weather factors affecting market trade include saturated soils in the Midwest leading to more fieldwork delays and varying rain chances in South America this week and next week in the Midwest looks to be rainy, adding to their saturated soil conditions, flood threats, and delayed spring fieldwork. 
The weekend will also include widespread moderate to heavy rain in much of the Midwest. Another system, the middle of next week, will have moderate precipitation, most likely over southern areas of the Midwest. A third storm could bring moderate rain to western areas the late half of next week. The northern plains will be colder with temperatures well below normal later this week, along with rain and snow. For the Delta, also looking at more delayed field work with saturated soils expected to continue. Southern Brazil is... They saw very little rain this past weekend, with most areas remaining dry, stressing the filling corn and soybeans. Moderate showers are expected for southern Brazil by the middle of this week. Recent rain over central and northern Brazil benefited their newly planted corn. Soil moisture is dropping, though, for some areas of Brazil, and that could start to stress developing corn if showers do not return as expected by late this week into the weekend. In Argentina, scattered showers will continue through the middle of the week, which favors their corn and soybeans in the filling stage. Second crop soybeans need to be watched for damage in Argentina should some dry conditions continue through the early half of next month. Well, it sounds like a d- typical spring unsettled right now, kind of, with some storms kind of rolling around. Exactly. Uh, people starting to get an inch to get into the field. That doesn't look too promising here over the next week or two. No, doesn't. All right. Thank you very much, Paul. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. educators are now reaching youth with two new live video programs. I'm Shaley Peters, back with you on the Rural Radio Network, and today we're going to visit with Tracy Prachel. She is a 4-H extension educator, and Tracy, this was uh, born kind of out of necessity, like a lot of things right now. You guys uh, did not have much time to put these together, but have officially gone live with some uh, online learning 4-H style, and so uh, we're going to talk about that today, what you're doing with these programs, and tell us just a little bit more about them. Sure. Well, Nebraska 4-H has a wide extension educator network across the state, and we have staff working in all 93 counties. Normally, they are going into schools and after-school sessions and working with 4-H clubs, but we are trying to really embrace this virtual online learning experience that we are uh, delivering currently, and we also know that youth need self-paced opportunities and activity guides during this time. So we really tried to position a lot of our hands-on activities that we do most of the time in person with youth um, into this online virtual environment. And we actually have three new live virtual learning experiences that are being offered. All of these are happening free for video conferencing um, through Zoom, and they're open to all youth across the state. You don't have to currently be a 4-H member and seeing that we're, we are reaching new audiences um, by offering these video conference sessions. We have a, a couple um, that are focused upon webinars that are live, live, live sessions. Living room learning is one of those. That's for grades three through five, and it's held Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. During living room learning, we really feature simple activities that require minimal supplies. Glitter bombs with chemical reactions, building robot hands, even marbling um, paper with purpose, and spaghetti engineering. So we're really having fun with that living room learning. Then we have something also for those older youth. The grades 6 through 9, we're offering board and buster challenges. Those are held Mondays and Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. And we're giving youth the problems to solve using materials that they also can find in their home. Uh, right now, we're exploring entrepreneurship, but we're also creating activities that focus upon innovation and, and creation. And the next week, we're actually starting a virtual field trip session for um, youth in grades 9 through 12. Those will be held every Tuesday at 11 a.m. And some of the topics that we're looking at include virtual tours regarding solar power, wind power, 
greenhouse and propagation and a lot more. So Nebraska 4-H is excited to share all of these opportunities within the next couple of weeks and the upcoming weeks following. Um, there's going to be a, a agricultural literacy field days as well. So we're really trying to, to figure out what kinds of things can we offer in online environments that we would typically offer in person. That being said, let's direct people to the right place. Where do they need to go? Do they need to register for these programs? Where do they go to start getting involved, Tracy? To receive all of the information regarding our virtual home learning opportunities, if you go to 4h.unl.edu, there will be a link at the bottom of the page that talks about some of our virtual and home learning experiences. And it provides links to all of these, these areas. There's links to register for the living room learning, the board and busters, and the virtual field trips. You can register online, and you can also view past recordings of our, our past sessions as well. So you don't have to feel like you've missed anything. You can join us where we're at and, and catch up with some of the things that we've already completed. All right, great. Thanks, Tracy, for all the information. Tracy Prachel, our guest today, she's a 4-H Extension educator talking about their new online learning opportunities. Again, for more information, you can visit 4-H.unl.edu. We've also got the link directly up to their online learning options at ruralradio.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. KRVN 93.1 The River and Cami announce a new resource on KRVN.com. The Love Local Business and Services Guide. Let's focus on what we can do. Listed are new hours, pickup and delivery options. Also special services and community events. Please keep limiting group contact while still supporting these local businesses, churches and service organizations. Help us keep money where our hearts are. Love Local at KRVN.com. If you'd like to be included, email lovelocal at krvn.com. It's time for sports. Here's our own Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, Lexington's Dylan Richmond will get a chance to continue his playing career. It's over the weekend he announced he will be joining the Hastings College men's program next year. 5'10 point guard was a four-year varsity player for the Minutemen as he finished as the all-time leader in assists at Lexington High School 316. He also scored more than 1,000 points, which is the fourth best in school history. He says he felt comfortable with the Broncos for quite a while. Hastings always has been recruiting me, so I re- and I really fell in love with like their coaching staff compared to the other colleges. I like Coach Gavers; he's a really good guy, and then he has a couple good assistants. And Coach Barrett's been to uh, quite a few of my games this this year. So I talked to them a lot after the games, too. Richmond shows Hastings College over offers from a number of other NAIA programs. His past season, he averaged 14 points and four assists per game for the Minutemen, who finished 14-12 and 12 and advanced to a district final for the second consecutive season. The current longest tenured former Husker in the NFL will get even more time in the league after Sam Cook signed a two-year contract extension to remain with the Baltimore Ravens. Former walk-on Adam Seward was entering the final year of his contract, and the two-year extension now will keep him in a Ravens uniform through 2022. Cook has kicked in 244 consecutive games. He's also entering his 15th year with the Ravens and is coming off a year that saw his number of punts dip in part because Baltimore's improved offense, but Cook still averaged more than 46 yards per punt. 
Another Husker NFL news. Former running back Amir Abdullah will stay with the Minnesota Vikings. Over the weekend, the team announced today had re-signed him to a one-year deal. Last year, he played in all 16 games with the Vikings, primarily on special teams. And Lincoln native Greg Zerline is headed to the Dallas Cowboys to be their new kicker. He will be rejoining special teams coach John Fossil. Zerline gets a three-year deal with a base value of $7.5 million. And the Tokyo Olympics will open next year in the same time slot scheduled for this year's games. Organizers say the opening ceremony will take place on July 23rd of 2021 almost exactly one year after the games were to start this year. Last week, the IOC and Japanese organizers postponed the Olympics due to the coronavirus pandemic. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgens. Railroads play a critical role in ensuring continuity of functions critical to public health and safety, as well as economic and national security. Union Pacific has initiated a cross-departmental pandemic planning team that developed business continuity plans for the possibility of a pandemic, including identifying employees essential to maintaining operations. A core team of health and safety professionals are on hand to respond to infectious disease outbreaks, including COVID-19. The railroad also adds that border restrictions does not affect Union Pacific travel and adds that no areas in Union Pacific service areas are impacted by COVID-19 as of Friday. The first confirmed case of COVID-19 has been reported in far western Nebraska, Scottsbluff County. Local health officials say the patient is a man in his 30s who has been in isolation at his home since Tuesday. The state reported late Sunday that his case and other newly reported cases bring the state total to 120. Small business has had to adapt in a changing world since the coronavirus pandemic began, but restrictions on group outings have continued to limit customers. Kirk's Restaurant in Lexington is no exception. Travis Wright, president of food sales, adds that even with the inclusion of carryout, curbside pickup, and delivery options, local restaurants are still losing customers. There's been a lot of outreach from the community, kind of a lot of positive thoughts. But business has dropped dramatically. I mean, dramatically to, to the point that reduced hours, reduced schedule. So it, there, there, there's, there's no doubt that uh, it's affected us. Wright added that Kirk's full menu is still available and that the doors are still open for a carryout option. To order from Kirk's, call 308-324-6641 or order from kirksrestaurant.com. The number of unemployment claims filed continue to rise, breaking records due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The number stands at 15,668 unemployment claims filed last week, and the Nebraska Department of Labor Commissioner, John Albin, says filing online may not only be quicker, but easier. I can't emphasize enough that it's all there online, and if you can do it online, you're much better off. Uh, It goes much faster for you and for everyone else, but... uh, We will have more available to answer those calls starting uh, next Monday. And, um, you know, the governor's talked a couple times about switching over staff. We've gone from, um, we had 34 adjudicators when this started. We had 66 as of Monday. And as soon as we get this contract up for the uh, call center, we'll be able to pull some of the people that were taking phones and move them into the adjudications process. And we're kind of creating a special COVID-19 team so we can fast track those claims. To file a claim online, go to neworks.nebraska.gov. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. 
K-State has officially launched their Economics of Agriculture during the COVID-19 pandemic, a series of online gatherings. I'm Shaylee Peters, back with you on the Rural Radio Network. And our guest today to visit with us about this is Dr. Rich Llewellyn with the Kansas State University Department of Agricultural Economics. And you've already launched the first uh, video. There will be um, several more upcoming uh, on Thursday nights. I'll let you get into the details here in just a little bit, uh, Rich. But first, let's just talk about the series. Well, a lot of this happened because uh, most of our specialists are working from home now, like a lot of other people. And so... uh, they were thinking how they could best uh, get some information out in their respective areas uh, and so uh, a couple of uh, guys are, are guys looking at the macro economy and a lot of the other guy with the livestock markets decided this would be a good way to uh, try to put information out that's timely uh, that uh, allows for some discussion also so folks will be able to have a chance to ask some questions as well as, as uh, listening to the presentation. So we're anticipating a presentation of around 15 minutes, give or take, and then some discussion and questions after that for as long as folks want to go. Now, as mentioned, the first one has already happened. That took place last Thursday. It is available, though, up on your website. Let's get into what's on the agenda for this week and some of the upcoming weeks. Well, in the uh, green markets and planning intentions with Dan O'Brien, we'll look at uh, what's going on in the green markets themselves. We've seen things go down, but also, especially for the wheat market, come back up. And Dan will discuss some of what's going on directly right now. And then also the uh, planning intentions report that comes out on Tuesday, uh, March 31st, will have an effect on the market. Uh, That was done the survey was done uh, prior to some of all this stuff happening with COVID-19 but it will still uh, inform us as to what folks were planning to do around the first of March as far as how many acres of corn soybeans uh, wheat grain sorghum and the other crops uh, they were planning to uh, put in and so that'll hopefully help uh, make decisions Uh, we'll also have some uh, stuff on budgeting and and uh, prices and and where we kind of look at prices going because uh, there's a lot of decisions being made right now and, and a lot of stuff happening on the ground uh, for the livestock markets a little bit of the same thing looking at uh, not just the uh, live markets but also the meat markets and uh, the effects that have been happening there we had quite a spread develop between live animals and and uh, meat last week and uh, so where that might might be going and uh, what some of the effects on the export markets are as well and and the shipping issues and logistics. And then the final one on uh, April 16th is looking at the effects of this on land values. We've already have uh, an ag sector that's having problems and now we've got more problems in some ways. So uh, uh, what this might do, land values are really important right now uh, just with equity and and, uh, for farmers Uh, getting loans Um, and so that kind of goes back to what was done with the macro economy and some of the effects on interest rates and and perhaps some opportunities to refinance and and lock in some lower interest rates. I wanted to ask about or point out um, kind of a neat thing you guys do have the presentation up front but then there is the option after the presentation for question and answering and so really 
people that are registered and are doing this live time with your speakers will be able to get their questions answered um, either during the event or even ask them up front if they've got questions while they register. Yes, yeah, so we'll have the presentation, and then uh, after that, uh, there will be an opportunity for questions and discussion, and we'll take that as long as we need to, and then we'll have it recorded so if folks can't get on on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, um, it'll be available the following morning on Friday morning. And so uh, that will uh, happen each week. And uh, so if uh, they need to register, uh, our agmanager.info website has the information, or they could email me, rvl at ksu.edu would uh, help them uh, get registered for it if they're wanting to do it live. And finally, as fluid as the situation has been, you know, these are happening on a week-by-week basis. I imagine there will probably be some updates happening uh, in between the, the videos or the sessions each week. We certainly expect so. We decided to put this up, but we'll be having stuff in between and uh, probably some other smaller videos uh, just on updates that are going on. Things are changing so rapidly that we're hardly keeping up, and we do have a page on the site with recent videos uh, as well as other information that we're putting out there on the COVID-19 effects. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Rich Llewellyn, again, our guest today. For more information on how to register and join the economics of agriculture during the COVID-19 pandemic offered by K-State, you can, again, visit agmanager.info. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. U.S. stocks are pushing a bit higher in trading, but markets were tentative around the world amid uncertainty about whether global authorities can do enough to nurse the economy through the coronavirus outbreak. The S&P 500 was up nearly 2% in morning trading, renewing gains after falling close to the flat line. European markets were mixed after pairing earlier losses. Some of today's sharpest action is in the oil market, where benchmark U.S. crude fell more than 5% and dropped below $20 per barrel for the first time since early 2002. Oil started the year above $60, and prices have plunged on expectations that a weakened global economy will burn less fuel. Americans signed more contracts in February to buy homes, but the gains are likely relics of a moment before the coronavirus outbreak sent the U.S. economy spiraling into a likely recession. The National Association of Realtors says its pending home sales index, which measures the number of purchase contracts signed, rose 2.4% in February from the prior month to 111.5. Lower mortgage rates were enticing more people to buy homes, such that pending sales had climbed 9.4% over the past 12 months. The federal government is asking hospitals to report daily data on bed capacity, supplies, and test results for COVID-19. 
The hope is to better track the spread of the coronavirus outbreak across the country. Gas prices across the United States fell 23 cents over the last two weeks, bringing the national average price for a gallon of regular unleaded fuel to $2.16 per gallon. Market analyst Trilby Lundberg says prices could drop by as much as 50 cents per gallon during April because of weak demand. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. A Soy Innovation Challenge to Award Disruptive Innovators is underway as we speak. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. We're going to hear more today from Andy Fabin. He's a director with the United Soybean Board. It is a collaboration between the United Soybean Board and the Yield Lab Institute um, to commemorate the National Ag Day here March 24th. And, um, you know, what we're doing is trying to, like I said, collaborate to disrupt the soy value chain through innovation and technology. So in what ways does this, um, do you see this as a benefit to soybean producers? Well, you know, what we're looking for is, um, you know, some insight, I guess. For, for soybean producers, you know, the way that the industry and the market is set up, you know, we are price takers. So without, um, you know, good, clear market signals, we, we really don't have much to go on. You know, we need good communication between our consumers and back to us as producers. And it sounds like in so many ways you're looking for some of those entrepreneurs, those those innovators who have great ideas out there to do that, the connection. That's, that's correct. That's exactly what we're looking for. You know, we, um, we're looking to, you know, kind of spark some imagination and come up with some good ideas. That's why we're, we're putting this out there. We don't have all the best ideas, and hopefully somebody – Somebody does. Looking at the application process uh, period time, so you said it started on the 24th, which was Tuesday. When is the cutoff date? Uh, we are taking applications uh, through May 1st, 2020. And what do they need to do prior to that? Any certain information they need to gather? Or is it a pretty simple yeah, application yeah, process? Yeah, they can. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, I believe there's a link on USB's website, but also... Um, you can go to the yieldlabinstitute.org, and uh, near the top, there is a link that you can follow to submit all the information. Again, what a great opportunity for those in the soybean industry to, to be able to talk about innovation and technology, and who knows, maybe the latest, greatest thing for this industry is sitting in the back of somebody's mind somewhere out there in rural America. <laughs> That's what we're hoping, and you know, through this opportunity, we can um, we can provide mentoring resources uh, for all the teams that that sign up. Um, you know, in the areas of technical, business, financial, and environmental impact. So, um, and then a cash prize will also be awarded at the conclusion of the challenge. That's always an important incentive as well. That's right. Anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, I just um, I'd like to invite everybody that that's got an idea to uh, you know reach out, sign up, and see if we can help their idea come to fruition. And that is my conversation with United Soybean Board Director Andy Fabin. Just a reminder 
The non-dilutive startup accelerator program is going to identify innovative soybean value chain-based product solutions and support the most promising ones with business coaching and entrepreneurial networking. If you've got that idea that's been brewing and would like to apply, it's very easy to do online by going to unitedsoybean.org. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. 880 KRVN, 106.9 Carney and 98.5 Grand Island. Right on the World Radio Network, and I'm joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, as the ag settlement starts rolling today, obviously corn is still an anchor, but looking at those stocks report tomorrow, what's going to be the important part? Can we get around that 8 billion bushel mark, or are we going to be above it? I think that's probably the most important factor here in the near term to keep keep the market somewhat stable. You know, we're understanding that the record or the uh, the acreage is going to be high. I don't think there's a whole lot of expectation. You know, we're going to get a 90 million acre number tomorrow. I think that would blow it out of the water, maybe rally a little bit. But there's some optimistic hope that you know, going back to last year's harvest, you know, we find some yield that wasn't there. So these these reports, these quarterly ones, are ones where you typically will see changes from the past year's yield, especially beyond, you know, the short-term scope of, of when yields typically change in the Wazi. So uh, short-term, I think I'm, uh, you know, I'm optimistic here that uh, there are turnaround. I think everybody's bearish. That's the one thing. I, I, I mean, we're not record short yet, which, you know, I think we have to probably go down another 20 or 30 cents to get there. But I just don't know who would be selling it here other than the ethanol plant. And I think the fact is everybody's on the downside, it seems like, and I, I just I have to be a little careful here. Sometimes the most obvious trades are not the ones that work out. We see the latest in developments for Brazilian soybean harvest. It's more than two-thirds done now, but they're really starting to talk about the dry weather conditions. Is this a weather story starting to develop going forward? Oh, I mean, possibly on the margins. I don't think there's anything here that's going to get U.S. prices to really rally hard. I'm talking above 915. Um, the the weather, the reductions in, in supply are coming, you know, we're going to move from like 122, 122 uh, million metric tons to 120. So, you know, the Brazilian crop is going to be rather large. I think that the currency is really everything here. And we've seen the U.S. dollar try to get off the mat against a lot of the other foreign currencies that, you know, are more developed countries. But when it comes to Russia, when it comes to Argentina, and when it comes to Brazil, we cannot get around them. We can't end around them and try to make their currencies rally. We can't do what we need to do to our currencies to make that happen. That's really what we need to have happen to get beans back up, say, to $10 and, and to see corn, you know, trade consistently in the 370s, 380s without ethanol. So right now we're battling that. I think that's priced into a certain degree that can change, but it's like when does it change? And I don't know if these, these reports tomorrow will give us much hope in that, that, in that front. Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com. If you remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. Well, that'll do it for today's midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts at krvn.com or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you can listen to podcasts. But certainly check out our midday program and our midday podcast, which is sponsored by Devenny Motors.